Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. And with us right now, Tracy Bissett. Tracy, you're the chief financial fitness trainer. You're on the web at BissettFinancialFitness.com. Tracy, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you, Josh. I'm excited to be here today. We're going to be talking about financial fitness for business owners. Um, to, so to kind of start off, and I, I'm so thrilled to talk about this because this is a subject that comes up quite a bit um, where uh, you know, you're in business by yourself, maybe you're a freelancer, life is good, making a good, making a living. Then you start expanding, start growing an agency, or you develop a product and you productize and you start growing and scaling. And then all of a sudden, like all cash flow becomes an issue and your expenses go up and uh you know income can be sometimes sporadic it can be weird you can have you know feast and famine and um but yet you know those expenses are pretty well you have your fixed expenses of course but i share all that to say that Tracy, you have a lot of ears that are listening very intently so i'm going to stop talking and allow you explain a little bit about what you do Absolutely. So I like to come at it from a positive angle. That's why I talk about it and coin it as financial fitness. When we talk about financial literacy, it's already presuming people are illiterate. And that brings up feelings of shame and anxiety and it closes people's minds. So I love to build on the positive. And for me, there is nothing better than being able to work with a business owner to help them understand their financial statements, the cash flow cycle in their business, to be able to start doing some cash flow forecasting so they can get ahead of these crunch times. And then all of a sudden you start seeing light bulbs go off and their financial confidence and financial acumen just uh, increases. And that's the best feeling. Uh, the clients that I work with generally sales from a hundred thousand to 2 million, all different industries. Um, and uh, uh, the core theme is that they're excellent at what they do and they've started yes. their business for that reason, but they didn't have any financial training. And so it's perfectly normal if you don't know that side of your business. Yeah. So where, how did you get into this space? Uh, so I've always loved money ever since I was a kid. I did a lot of entrepreneurial things as a teenager and a youngster. And then I went on to business school and I thought, okay, I'm going to work in a bank for a couple of years and see how that goes. Fast forward 16 years in a, one of Canada's big five banks, TD Bank, which is also on the eastern seaboard of the mm-hmm. U.S., uh, in commercial lending and risk management. So I was either working directly with entrepreneurs to help them get money they needed to run their businesses, or I was the person in the chair deciding who was going to get the money uh, for their companies. So I've ripped mm-hmm. apart thousands of business plans, looked at hundreds and hundreds of companies, um, and so feel quite comfortable with with what I know about cash flow and and how it is about starting with the basics. We can always add on to the skills, but we've got to start um, at your the level that you're at and build up from there. Yeah. Um, why do you like working with uh, small business owners? 
for me, financial knowledge and financial fitness, it's a fundamental life skill. It's yeah. when you're a small business owner, it actually impacts everything in your personal life as well, because everything is so uh, closely tied together. And I know that when people put their minds to tackling this area of their business, we can make meaningful change in a very short period of time that mm-hmm. then changes potentially the lives of their current employees or future employees, their family, what they can do, what goals they can actually hit. And I know that uh, coming at it from a positive angle is really motivating and uh, it's phenomenal uh, to see the results. And I love watching entrepreneurs hit their goals. Yeah. So I know that you want to stay in the positive, um, but when you, uh, let's say, let's say you walk into a room and there's a hundred business owners um, kind of at the level that you normally work with. Um, and you were to start kind of polling them on their concerns or maybe their pain points, what kind of things would you hear? I would hear, um, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to make payroll. I don't know how I'm going to pay my suppliers. Uh, I haven't taken my family on that vacation. I promised them three years ago. I'm not getting a steady paycheck. I don't know how much longer I can do this. Um, all kinds of things in that vein. And so while I like to stay positive and I, I would like to say that business owners come to work with me just because they want to increase their financial acumen, usually they're at this really... Um, crucial point in their business where they've got to make a change or their business will not continue. So they've gotten either so strapped for cash. Um, The other thing that business owners don't necessarily realize is when you are very successful and you're scaling your business, growth is super hungry and eats cash. It eats up so much cash. You can't even imagine. And if you're not ready for that, now this, now this wonderful thing that you have called sales growth is now a big problem and it's causing issues in your business. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely a real thing. Um, and it's really surprising, I think for a lot of people, because when they look at the fundamentals of what's going on, they're like, this is great. So, um, uh, absolutely. And it comes down to most business owners focus on their sales and their expenses. So mm-hmm. their income statement, profit and loss, we would call it. And when you get that deeper understanding of the cash flow cycle, so the way money actually gets in and out of your business, that's where you see that distinction. And then you can really have a lot of success when you can manage that piece along with the sales and expenses. Yeah. All right. So how do we do that? Let's say that, um, you know, we are, uh, you know, the business owner and other business is otherwise good. Um, but man, it's, uh, I just, I'm stressed about the financial, um, kind of day to day or my current state, um, where things are at. Um, so what do we do? So the first thing is uh, remembering and keeping top of mind as a business owner, it's your responsibility. And I see a lot of business owners who want to just delegate it to their accountant or their bookkeeper, but you've got to make it part of your regular job. So I encourage business owners, at least once a month, you've got to be on the numbers. 30 minutes once a week is a very good frequency. Uh, That way you're giving it as much time as you may focus on your sales efforts, your operations, all this other kind of stuff, uh, because there's no way you're going to hit your goals if you don't know what the numbers are. Yeah. Um, If you can do some forecasting and plan into the future, even one week of forecasting is better than none. But if you can look at your cash flow six months out and it gets harder, the further you go out doing it. But when I talk about cash flow, we're talking about money that comes in, money that goes out and that timing that it happens. We should be able to get a quick uh, glimpse of that, just jotting some numbers down on paper. And once you understand that cycle, you can actually start putting some plans in place. So a lot of people will tell me, I couldn't possibly hire that employee I need, Tracy. And I'll say, okay, let's look at the numbers. Let's put that in your cash flow forecast and see mm-hmm. what happens. Wow, if you generated three more sales this week, you could actually pay for that person to start. And then if mm-hmm. they were taking stuff off your plate or they were actually yes. in a sales role, 
wow, look what happens now. So then we can use this forecast and play around with the variables to see what's possible. It's going to help us um, be highlighted to any cash flow crunches. And so another uh, thing I'd like to tell business owners is to make sure as soon as you start your business or as soon as you, you hear this, make sure you're setting up credit in the company name. It's yes. so important. Yes, yes. Uh, that and that's the next thing I'm going to want to talk about. I'm sorry, go okay. please, please. You just got me excited. Yeah, so it's so important <laughs> that when you're a small business, you have small amounts of credit. But what you're doing, and it might be based on your personal credit score, but what you're actually doing is signaling and setting up that repayment history for the business. So as you grow, the credit can grow with you. And a lot of business owners kind of wait until they need a lot of money and then they go and nobody knows them yet. Nobody has a track record and it's very hard to do it at that time. Uh, so having that credit line in place for those peaks or valleys in your cash flow to help manage that through is, is a good thing. Also having cash reserves. I was at TD when the 2008 financial crisis happened. The companies that we saw come through really strong had some cash reserves. They also had access to credit and they were managing their debt really well. So we can take some lessons from that. Certainly this year, companies who were in that situation, um, same kind of results. And if you weren't there, what can you do to kind of pivot or change things in your business to, to yeah. change it up? You know, uh, to to our listener, um, you can go back, uh, episode 117 I did with um, Stephen Wibble uh, and uh, with uh, Credit Suite. And we talk about access to capital and and the fundamentals to um, building your business credit. And, and Tracy, we're going to talk about that some more because it's, it's a subject that, again, I don't think that most business owners... Uh, they're not as proactive on this uh, as they really should be. Uh, so let me ask you this question. Here's the mil- here's the here is the question. Uh, when is the time to uh, uh, wait? How do I ask this question right? I forget what the, the language is. Right? When is the best time uh, to um, uh, secure uh, potential access to capital? Uh, so, so the joke that's out there is when you don't need it at all. So yes, that's, right. that, that's the answer you typically hear. But for me, it's as soon as you establish that business. And, and so I told that joke in the worst possible way, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> well, they always yeah. that joke that bankers are kind of fair weather friends. They um, will give you an umbrella when it's sunny out, but they take it back when it's raining. Yeah. And kind of, kind of adage, but certainly even if you're not setting up an incorporated business, but when you start this business, you want to make sure you're setting up separate bank accounts because that's mm-hmm. another big problem. Oh. We've got this commingling of all this stuff together and then mm-hmm. you don't know what's going on and you don't know, is my business not making money or is my lifestyle too rich for, for what I'm generating? And it makes a big mess. Uh, but as soon as you start that company, get access to credit. And it might be as small as like a $5,000 overdraft or line of credit, setting up that credit card. And I find that when I talk about credit with business owners, they most often they're thinking about the credit card and they want to use that credit card, which comes with such expensive rates. And so you want to start getting into a routine of seeking out the best source, the cheapest source. Um, It may not be that it's available to you in the moment, but you want to work your way up to get to that so that you're not um, kind of at the lender's mercy. Um, As the company grows, you want to make sure that you're developing partnerships and relationships. And it is important to develop a relationship with your banker. Uh, And sometimes business owners don't know how to do that. 
So to find one, it's almost like dating. You're going to get referrals from your friends, maybe mm-hmm. from your accountant, from other people that you trust about who's who's going to be good for me to talk to. Um, you're going to go and, and interview them essentially, but you're not chatting with your best friend. You're not crying on their shoulder. You're not breaking down in tears of your meeting in their office. You're going to be credible and professional. And one way that you can do that is by knowing your numbers. So if you can talk about what happened in your company in the last year from a financial standpoint with credibility, even if things didn't go well, if you can tell them what happened and why it's not going to happen again, um, they're going to feel comfortable about that because they need to have faith in you when they make those recommendations to those people in risk management who used to be me. So they need to be able to articulate what you're doing, why they have confidence in your management ability and why this is a good, good avenue for them to place their funds. Yeah. You know, one video that, uh, you know, on this topic of financing and, and, and I know that some business owners love to wear that no debt badge of honor. Um, and I'd love your take on this, Tracy. Um, I did do a video on YouTube. It's called small business loan questions to ask before borrowing. And, you know, kind of like, you know, should I take a small business loan and what those tests are? Um, you know, you know, how it was explained to me is, you can be undercapitalized and, and you could be, I mean, you could obviously you could take on too much debt, but you also want to make sure that if you are, your business is doing good, like you have the potential to do well, you know, what the, the potential return on investment be from that? What I want to save people from Tracy and, and my, my worst nightmare would be the business owner that finds themselves in a cash crunch and they get this piece of junk mail and the junk mail offers like some sort of factored financing or something. Oh man, there's some bad stuff out there where there aren't the consumer protections that you have on the consumer side. Uh, it's really, really scary. And, and maybe you've had a client or two or talked to people that found themselves holding some bad, bad debt. It, it and 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 so it's really important that I think you know, kind of what you're talking about is, you know, have a defensive posture. And surround yourself with resources so that should this look like something that you will need at some point, we don't want you to go out of business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we want you to stay in business, you know, invest in great opportunities. Um, but but what, what's your rule of thumb if somebody sits down with you, Tracy, and they go, you know, business is good. We have some really great opportunities here. But in order for me to pursue those opportunities, I, I need more cash on hand. How and do you I think talk that, through I, that I think that's great. And I think that we need to shift your perception a little bit about what you think about debt. Yeah. Um, I don't think debt is good or bad. It's all in how you use it and how much of it you have. So if you take on too much, you'll be at that tipping point, just like you can be in your personal life where all of a sudden these interest payments alone are unmanageable and that can then take out the business. So we don't want you to be there, but the badge of honor of not having any debt, I don't think that's the badge that people want to have. Um, from my perspective, I think you want to be able to make use of other people's money, especially if it's at a low interest rate and grow your business in a very productive way, especially companies that are scaling as you grow your receivables, as you grow your inventory, all of that requires an investment into those um, areas. And so receivables are, are when people pay you later inventory, everybody gets, but that growth is hungry. You've got to have something that can fuel it because there's going to be a time delay between when the money comes in, when it goes out, like I was talking about. And um, the other thing that people don't necessarily think about, if you're doing well and you're generating a profit, why not take out a small term loan? 
where you pay it back a certain amount every month. And there's a couple benefits for that. One that's um, adding to your credit history is showing that you can repay a different type, kind of debt um, because the, the kind that revolves like a credit card or a line of credit, that's some demand money where the bank can take it back any day they want. When we're in a term loan, as long as we're meeting the terms and conditions, they can't take it back. So let's show our our history with that. The other thing is it also puts discipline around your business practices because you know I have to be able to satisfy this new expense now every month. And so you start thinking about things a little bit more officially, a little bit more formally. Uh, So I think that's really good. The other thing I noticed that came out of the pandemic um, that I think is important to talk about is the importance of having that regular salary from your business. And Mm. I always thought it was important because when you go to apply for a mortgage or line of credit in your personal name for your house um, or any other personal needs you have, they're going to look for that salaried income so they can prove your ability to pay it back. Uh, But we certainly found in Canada with a lot of the government supports that companies that where the owner was not taking a salary, they weren't eligible to get some of these government supports. It's tough. It It really really is. And really what it's meaning is that you don't generate enough cash flow most of the time to pay yourself regularly. So it kind of sh- uh, sheds a little bit of doubt on your business. I'm not suggesting you take out so much that it's um, handcuffing your company or your ability to grow. But even if you take a regular small amount, now that track record is there um, showing you paying yourself. You've got it then personally as well when you go to try to demonstrate your ability, ability to personally repay things. So a couple things there on credit. What, um, how can, how can a business owner pay themselves a salary, uh, when, when they're like, man, again, this month is amazing, but the month before there's no way I could have paid myself that salary. Well, and I don't like to get into accounting too much cause I'm not sure. an accountant, but, um, you certainly can accrue the salary and pay it out later. So if you have some months that are really um, strong, where lots of cash flow, you just pay out the extra then, but you still show it on your expenses every single month. Yeah. But the the thing that drives it, and I would suggest um, it's really like a clue when someone tells me they can't get paid very much or regularly or consistently, I always say, well, let's look at your pricing. So in a service, in a service-based business, the biggest culprit usually is, is that they're not valuing their time very well. And so they're not charging for it. And Mm -hmm. so I always encourage business owners to think about, well, if you scale this business and you've got to pay someone else to do what you're doing, that person's not coming to work for free. How much do you have to pay them? And let's start with that as kind of your base cost with all the other things that you have to pay um, to get this product or service out there. And then let's look at pricing. And if your target market doesn't like this price, should we find a different product or service? Should we pivot to a different um, target in the market? And those are all the kinds of discussions that should be had. But when you're not making money regularly and you're not getting paid consistently as the owner, pricing is usually the issue. Yeah. And, um, you know, there, there aren't too many problems in business that can't be solved with more revenue, more, you know, more sales or, you know, certainly more profit if the market will bear that for sure. Um, it's Tracy, funny. Um, it's funny okay. that you say that though, um, because most business owners, they think, well, if I just sell more, I'm going to make money. Even uh, if I'm not making money when I don't mm-hmm, sell very much, it's right. going to work because I'm just ignoring that piece. So it's going to work out. Uh, so that's kind of a, a myth that's out there. Uh, so your work um, at Bissett uh, Financial Fitness, um, it, tell me like who you work with, what does it look like, how do you engage, um, that, that sort of thing? So there's two primary ways that um, 
entrepreneurs and I work together. One is on a one-on-one basis. We work together over a period of three to four months and it's very customized to their company, their financial statements. And we go through initially an assessment of their financial performance against the different years in their business, against industry benchmarks, move into what is cash flow, start building out that cash flow forecast design a dashboard, and then ultimately get in the pricing and and kind of Mm. tally up all the recommendations. It is customized to them. It is coaching. So it's a transfer of skill from me to them so that they can keep doing this stuff once we're not working together and they build up their financial confidence and acumen. Uh, On the group side, we do um, a live online group program uh, where we go through the same types of things, but we're we're talking about more case studies, uh, more cash flow based, and it's a little bit shorter program. So two different ways to uh, work with me. Yeah. Excellent. And, and do you mind sharing, like, I mean, you know, when they, someone comes to you, like maybe on the range of investment and, and that kind of the outcome that you help them create. Sure. On the, um, the private coaching side, we're looking anywhere between five to 10,000 is the investment for the, the three to four months. Um, when they're completed, they're going to have a cash flow forecast, a, a financial dashboard. They're going to have confidence in their pricing. And usually when we find the issues, they're going to rectify that while we're still working together. So they're yeah. already making more money before they finish, uh, which is great. And the part that's really intangible is that boost in confidence. Oof, they do, yes. they now have the, the language of, finance and they can speak more credibly to not only their clients, their suppliers, their accountant, their banker, but they feel like they belong. Like the best compliment I ever had from a client is when they told me, I feel like I can go to the chamber of commerce events now because I'm a real business owner as I know my financials. And that's just, that's the best feeling for me, knowing that their confidence increased to that level where they feel legitimate in their business. Um, On the um, online group uh, live program, we're looking at about um, 2000. So smaller investments, smaller timeframe. It's about four week program. Uh, And you are with a group, lots of time for Q&A and and Mm -hmm. individual coaching, but we're not looking at their financial statements. Mm -hmm. And uh, primary benefits would be around pricing doing that cash flow forecasting again. Sure. And um, a, a lot of times it's about how do you phrase things when you're talking with different people? Um, one problem business owners notoriously have is they don't feel comfortable calling their customers to collect. So getting paid on the work they've already done. So how do we phrase that? How do we make it not about us, but really about the contract that they had with their client? I love it. Okay. So uh, that website is Bisset um, Financial Fitness. I, I don't know if I said that correctly. <laughs> you did. So, Okay, good. Uh, Visit Financial Fitness. We got a link, of course, on our website. Uh, in the show notes. However, you're listening to this podcast, just click around. You'll you'll find the link. And Tracy, when when folks go there, what should they look for? Well, I'd love to leave them a gift. And um, I think this would be very helpful. Uh, People's interest is peaked right now. So I've got a money meeting agenda for the listeners. And you can get it at cashcoach.biz. And when you download that, you're going to know when you have that meeting with yourself or your business partner or your bookkeeper, uh, the kinds of things you should be focused on every month. And the first meeting, if it's really kind of you starting to look at your numbers, might be just looking at the agenda. So money meeting agenda that can be downloaded at cashcoach.biz. And that's Mm going to give you some tips around cash flow and where to get started so that you can um, take action right away and and get that piece handled. Yeah, to my fellow business owners, particularly I'm speaking to you folks that are a little bit earlier stage. uh, This is Business Adulting 101. (laughs) 
<laughs> Tracy, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much. Again, your website, the website that you uh, mentioned earlier, cashcoach.biz, uh, and that'll forward you to the right uh, top secret page on bisandfinancialfitness.com. Uh, Tracy, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Josh. It's been great. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Music.